In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. There's a delay. There's a delay on the Zoom. Nice. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. That's a good place for the gong right there, right? Yeah, we are yeah. up to album 141, and from 1989, it's... Pixies, not the Pixies, Pixies with Doolittle. And folks, there's nothing more to say. Sometimes, here's the thing. I think we're getting to the point in the podcast where I'm not going to know some of these albums, right? And then maybe sometimes instead of working on your parody songs and learning the songs and being able to sing it, maybe you play video games all morning and then run actually run out of time in the evening to make a song. So you have to do one very quickly. Um, and that's a story that somebody else told me because that wasn't me. I'm hard at work. I am grind set mindset. I'm working all day. This is my hustle. This is the worst side hustle I've ever had in my life. Uh, so let's turn on K-Rob and listen to a totally unrelated song. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob. K-R-O-B. You know, and that is the wrong episode. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob, K-R-O-B. You know, sometimes Rob yeah. doesn't know these albums very well, and he still has to make a parody song, and <laughs> this, this time Rob one. had to make a song that was also a little bit of a pep talk for him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> Been trying to get through. Yeah. song when you don't know it but you need to quote it all ahead and now it's a chore can I stop doing this instead but hey this bit is running thin thin I asked the guys and they explained they explained. Songs they explained. Whoa. Whoa. The songs are great. Well, they're my fave. Wow. The reviews are rave. In fact, if it if it got a grade, they would all be A's because the. I don't know any of the songs on this album, guys. None. But I was too lazy to look it up online. That was rough. That was tough to do. If you want to hear for guys talent. chat and then they get off track. Raw talent. Raw. I've got the perfect podcast Uncut. for you, Jack. Gonna give him raw. Getting real raw. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I am here. We are talking about Pixies. I've got three guys with me that want to talk about the album that's 141 on the list as we enter into the 40s. This is 40, except this is 140 if you think about it. Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Good. Uh, if Rosie, if you are five, Rob, if your parody songs are six, then Russell's are definitely seven. Oh. Yes. Russell's parody yes. songs are definitely seven. Definitely seven. Shots. Definitely Fire. seven. If the devil is six, then the God is seven. I've got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? I'm doing great. When Rob goes to jujitsu, he's an appin, rappin, tappin, catharsis. 
When he gets choked out, he gets erected. His blood is working, but his heart is dead. Rob hit the crapper, the crapper. Rob hit the crapper, the crapper. (laughs) Here comes the man. And I've got Aaron out in California. Now, Aaron, uh, he's mad. He was telling us earlier, he's mad. He's like, I can't even put out breadcrumbs anymore to trick kids to come to my house so I can eat them. What? Yeah, it's it's all because of this stupid Hansel's culture. Hansel culture. And I almost screwed oh. up the joke, but I pulled it out. It's actually not funny because right in the break, there was a fucking possum on my porch eating the cat's food. Uh, I hope this uh, this episode doesn't turn into a wave of mutilation. Let's talk about pixies. <laughs> it wasn't that same possum that was whittling through the Oakland A's. Uh, uh, that would be a long trek for a possum. I don't know. the other day, was it? I, yeah, I don't know how far a possum moves in a day, but. You mean the Las Vegas Aces? Go Aces. They're my favorite baseball team now. No, those fuckers are going to take the A's name. Oh, don't even get fucking. I'm not. Aaron, for, I can't. I, can't I don't listen hey. to the news. How many times <laughs> do I have to tell you? Hey, maybe if you spent some more time, maybe if you spent some more time buying some baseball tickets instead of buying the super overpriced house in the Bay Area, <laughs> they'd still be there. Priorities. Oh, yeah. If only the fans had supported them. Aaron, I'm like a terrible lifeguard. Jackasses. I'm not up on current events. Uh, listen, let's go to the, what? did you guys hear that? Hello? Is my mic on? Am I muted? Can you repeat that one? <laughs> That's been happening to me in real life. You guys, I had to like, I don't know what happens. Like we had the in- incident last week where I said airheads and no one heard me. And then the next day I go to T-ball and there's a extra ball out on the field and I'm trying to call time and no one can hear me. And I'm like, am I in a weird vortex? I'm talking. No one can hear me. Am I, am I muted in real life now? Russell, do you think it's strange that we give long pauses and none of us talk and we also don't hear anything during this podcast? It's kind of strange, but sometimes really long pauses. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Eric, come on. We got to keep this show rolling. And you might notice we're not doing a lot of chitter chatter between our segments. Okay. And it's not because this is our second episode hey, of the night. Robin, do you mind? If I actually had a second intro line I thought I could try out for you guys. I thought this would be a great opener if nice. I were to ever be a comic. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> I just want to lose enough weight that I can cheat on a Hamilton musical unappreciated. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Ooh, what do you think of that really, as like an opening joke? Really going Russell, for it. Going that's for universal. Some, sometimes you just hear those jokes and you're wondering how this joke came out fully formed. This was formed by like God on the But if, day. if you remember last week, you were given a two week pass. So you're still, you're one, you're, you're halfway through your pass. So you're good. You're good to say that. No. I'm taking it if Rob hits the crapper. The well, crapper. wait until you guys hear my rolling going, and then you'll see why Russell nice. might need to hold on to that pass. Uh, let's get into our voicemail. And just when you think maybe the parody songs are not going that great because I don't know the songs and I'm not putting a lot of effort into it, I get a voicemail like this. Nice. The parody songs are the highlight of the podcast. You should create a Spotify playlist of just the parody songs. We've oh. said that, yeah. Also, the recent Aaron parody about food transitioning to feet was brilliant. Oh. <laughs> Rob should win a Nobel Peace Prize for that songwriting. Thank oh, you. Is this, a, is this a message from Rob to himself? Rob, no. I was going to say, tell no. the truth. Okay, you Rob, can officially you sending... put the dumb shit listener thing over, right? <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> the Nobel that Peace Prize for your, for your writing about Aaron's feet. <laughs> Rob, pull <laughs> up your soundboard with the emojis. Where's the dumb yeah. shit listener one? The dumb shit. Li- well, no, that's in my voicemail. It's the, oh, I didn't play this. Oh, no. Dumb, 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 dumb shit listeners. Dumb listeners. Dumb, 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 dumb shit listeners. Listeners. Foot shit. No, you guys, listen, this is the same person. They've texted me us about the Rod Stewart rumor. 
They talked about Russ's cowboy hat. They've sent me menu pictures. This is a true listener. This is a true friend. And actually kind of a, you know, I'm kind of a sapiosexual, so I'm kind of attracted to this listener because they sound <laughs> really smart. Okay. And if you don't know what a sapiosexual is, guess what? I don't want you to suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> The irony of being a sapiosexual. I'm a sapiosexual. What's that? <laughs> the universal anti-boner noise. It is a little, yeah. A little bit of a loophole. It's funny because it's like the opposite of the THX noise. Like it's like the THX yeah. goes up in pitch and the anti-boner. It's great. It's very clever. I mean, that is a great like opening line. If someone on their dating app has I'm a sapiosexual, then like how do you not say what's a sapiosexual, right? Oh yeah. Like yeah, it's right. the yeah, ultimate test. So swipe whatever the, the wrong way is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you think? Do you think they like? Well, never mind. I'm, I have no good bits about that. So listen, they love the songs. You know what? what Thanks the, to this caller, why let that stop you? I'll tell you what. I had written a song. Oh, I had written a song about to stir it up last week, where I was going to say "give it up," and it was about how we should give up the podcast. And it was this really detailed song about how it's so bad. And it legit bummed me out. And it made me like think like, why am I doing this? Am I even having fun? And then the last two voicemails we have gotten have lifted my spirits higher and higher, just like at the end of Ghostbusters 2, where they famously have the Statue of Liberty defeat the pink ooze. Everybody remembers that because the song is higher and higher by Jackie Wilson. No, that was the first one. That's the one everybody thinks of. But actually a better, I'm going to say right now, I think Ghostbusters 2 is better. I can't even finish that sentence. I couldn't even say it as a joke. As a joke, I couldn't say it. Hey, text into the back line, 802277 back and let us know, are you a sapiosexual? What's a sap? What? Sapiosexual? <laughs> <laughs> and how smart, like how, what's the smartness cutoff? Is there like an IQ cutoff for a sapiosexual? Like, do you have to be able to do long division to qualify under someone's standard for that? Is someone's standard like, is it changed? Like if Aaron and Rob are both sapiosexuals, do they have different levels of intelligence that they would require? What is the standard? I'll have you know, Russell, I went, I once was in a girl's place and I was in her bedroom and oh. things were getting pretty hot and heavy. I don't want to go into details, but it was pretty sweet. And as we got into her bed, silk sheets, just wonderful, just a lovely time. We got into her bed and she hands me the triangle with one golf tee missing. Okay. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> what? You know that game that you had to solve or like you just had to, I spent so many hours of my life trying to figure out how to do that triangle thing. Kids these days, they just look it up on TikTok. Maybe a Rubik's, I mean, a Rubik's cube would be the ultimate test. I've still, oh. is any, have you guys ever solved a Rubik's cube? I have not. No way. No, no, no. Aaron, Aaron from Minneapolis uh, can do it. No Choose way. Well, I had it. No, yeah. I cannot. So it's pretty easy. I mean, if, it's just learning a bunch of steps. There's only oh, Matt, putting down steps. Aaron oh, for learning okay. the Rubik's cube. No. Aaron, thanks okay. for listening. Now I got yeah. easy what you've accomplished right, in your here, life. Let's break this down real quick, Russell, right? Sapiosexual. Yeah. Finding intelligence, sexually attractive or arousing. Mm-hmm. So what is intelligence, right? It's not just being smarter and IQ. Intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking this, you know, you can be street smart. Yes. You can be book smart. You can, you mm-hmm. know, be different standards. Delaware statutory you know, oh, filing oh, smart yeah. things like, you Don't know, there's all sorts again. of things. Right. So I think, I, I think it's a very, uh, Subjective. wide scale on what you can find 
you know, the per, and a person's intelligence. So I think, I mean, again, no matter kink shame. I noticed so you didn't say depends. a way I was smart. So I would like you to now find a way that I'm smart and just bring that up on the if podcast can, right now. If you can uh, quickly, you know, convert kilograms to pounds, oh, you know, because it. maybe you use oh, them all the time. Nice. You know, things like that. If you can kind of float That's between those things pretty quickly. How's Aaron you know, smart? Nice. How is Aaron smart? Well, if you guys have to ask, then you're not even, you know, I mean, Aaron's <laughs> smart on so many different levels. Like, where do we begin, right? Oh, Musically, middle management wise, managing people, because he oh, manages 40 people. How many yeah. people is too many people to manage, Rosie? More than two. More than, oh, more than two. I don't know. I mean, Actually, like, like there's comfort in 13 because now I like I don't do anything but talk to these people. Like I don't lift you don't have to do, do real work. Else. Nope. I do not. I approve you stuff. You have no expectation to, to produce anything, do you? No, I do not. Do you have to like make sure their TPS reports are using the correct forms and things yep. like that? Yep. Got to make sure they've got access to stuff. Do you ever think about if you assembled a football team, what position each person would be and then who would be the two backups? And you'd be the coach. Yeah, all the you'd time. have a Bear Bryant hat on. Yeah, all the time. I think about it all the time. I love okay. I love thinking about that kind do of you, stuff. Are you finding out things about, now that you're the man, are you finding out things about people that you wish you never knew about them because you're their manager and they come to you with like just weird shit? No, I'm not getting so much of that. What I'm finding is that like, and I'm finding this coaching T-ball also, like you, you are, it's, it's, I'm never not shocked at how little people actually take in of what you tell them. I just oh, like, yeah. <laughs> adults are not, they don't give a shit what you're saying. You have to repeat things five times minimum for adults. All right, let's get into rolling going. Let's get into rolling going. No, I believe anyone who says they're a sapiosexual, if they have the choice of picking a 10, who is dumb as fuck, or a five, who is smart as Albert Einstein, Every goddamn one of those sapiosexuals is picking the tan. The fucking That's tan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I like to imagine a sepia sexual and their kink is those photos from like Deadwood and places like that where they're like, oh, the oh my old God. Photos. When <laughs> you go to the county fair and you get the pictures <laughs> where you're the outlaws yeah, and now somebody's good. jerking it to that because they're a sepia sexual. <laughs> Wanted by me for jacking off to give me those pictures of you at the fair. <laughs> Did you guys ever do that with your family? Take a picture where you guys all look like outlaws? No. I no. I I put that with the people who got the Guns N' Roses mirrors at the county fair for prizes. Yes. I put those people <laughs> yes. in the same things. And I know that there's people listening right now who have done it and I'm not making fun of you, okay? But send those pictures to me. I got I I've got a <laughs> new king segment I want to talk to you about. Please Let's get into rolling going. <laughs> Uh, rolling going, Aaron. How is it going with you? It's going great. I, yeah. I'm gonna change my mind about something. We've maybe talked about this on the on the podcast. I know uh, Matt is a person who is willing to take and make phone calls, and I've been not great about making phone calls to people I know. But today happens to be. Uh, the anniversary of Prince's death, and so I texted a friend of a mutual friend of ours because uh, we had uh, we had a, we had had a previous text exchange about some lines from a movie, and so I texted him. And I said, "Hey, it's it's Prince's death birthday today. Kind of an homage to Prince and to the great film Orange County for those of you who are familiar." And he immediately called me, oh. and I answered the phone, wow. and it was delightful. He and his wife were heading out to dinner. We talked for like 
four minutes at the most. It was wonderful. And so I'm, I'm on board with phone calls to people to catch up briefly. And I know I've got, I've got I have family members listening right now who I have not called in a long time. And they're probably like, yeah, why don't you give me a fucking call? And I'm going to turn over a new leaf about it because it's wonderful. And you can just like, you can have a four minute call and then be like, yeah, it's great to hear your voice moving on with your life. And I phone calls, I'm, I'm really coming around that. It's a wonderful technology. Aaron, can I tell you one thing? I'm a little sad that you and I didn't have a phone call. Okay, so I'm going to do something right now with the magic of this podcast. This is going to be yeah. the phone call about Prince between you and I. Okay. So call and, and say what you said to the guy or whatever. All right. Hey, hey, uh, uh, Rob. Rob, you got to pick up the phone first, you, you fucking yeah, who's, moron. Who's calling? Uh, who's picking up the phone? <laughs> Hello, who is this? There we go. Yeah, hey, Rob, it's me. I was just calling to remind you that it's it's like it's Prince's like death birthday today. Oh, my God. That's a totally normal thing to call somebody about. Thank you so much for calling me. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember. Do you remember? I mean, such a great memory. So many great songs. I, I remember when I went to that concert and you didn't, Aaron, and you, it's one of the great regrets of your life. I think that's a great thing to think about. What did, I can't remember. What did Prince die of? I can't remember what that was. Fentanyl? Wait, is this going to be... Three, give me mommy's water? milk! Give me mommy's <laughs> milk! I want mommy's milk! <laughs> Aaron. He was hovering oh, so over cruel. that for like two minutes right in front of you. You knew what he so was going to do. I, oh. I wasn't looking. I was focused on Rob's nice. face. He's hovering over Vincent Price for we two having. minutes. And scene. Our improv so, school is going great. That was better than the last few we've had. So that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm pro phone calls now. When I get calls, though, sometimes it scares me. I worry something bad has happened. Me too. Yeah, me too. So so I'm gonna. Tr- I'm trying to change that that neural pathway. Oh, you think Prince Dine is good? Wow, that's <laughs> weird, Aaron. But it was a text message and then a phone call in response to the text message. And if I text wasn't chat. a phone call out of the blue, a phone call out of the blue, if, if if I just got a call from Rob, it would scare me. I would be worried something something bad has happened. You'd be like, and it means immediately I'd put it to voicemail because I don't want it to ruin my day. Russell, <laughs> Russell, I'm stuck in this hole in the gas station. Do not ask me any questions about it. The password for Beck did it better is one, two, three, four. <laughs> my car is stolen. <laughs> my car is stolen. Oh no! So the problem yeah. is you got to just you got to get good at being able to get off the phone, right? Because right? right, you'll That's answer the phone, too. right? But like if somebody's call, somebody's on a 20 minute drive. Yep. They they could care less to get off the phone. They're just going to keep talking. They'll, you know, oh, geez, hold on a sec. And, oh, you know, well, yeah, you, you know, yeah, I think we'll go to that that show this weekend. And, you know, I'm not sure if we'll have time. You know, they'll just ramble on for And you know that they've got nothing to do, right? Go. You might you might answer the phone just to see, because, again, you might be worried. Why is somebody calling me? Yeah. You got to be, you got to just, you got to perfect the art of getting off the phone. Because it is nice to talk to people, especially if you haven't talked to them in a while. You got to get off, Matt. What's your go-to move to get off the phone? Uh-huh. What's the go-to? You move? have to find you have you have to find the crack right in their conversation, and then you just can't stop talking, right? So Rob, just just ramble on about weightlifting. Uh, so the other day I went down and I was uh, I have to work on my my snatch. Actually, it's not getting up quite high enough for me. Your snatch? Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good thing. I hope best best of luck on that one. You know, hey, I got to run. It's I got to get this Prince's other phone call. Day. So Prince, I'll oh, talk to you soon. Good luck. Day, okay. Best of luck, and we'll catch up with you on the Instagram. All right. It's did you say Did you say snatch? Reminds me, I'm late for one of my hook hooking appointments. I got to go. This is masterful. Yeah, that was. 
Do you, so you can't let them come back in. You have to just overpower them it's, and then say, hey, I got to run. You know, good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you soon. All right. All right. Who, take but care. But who ends it? If if you call and then you end a call, like you do an abrupt ending, doesn't that make you an asshole? No. Everybody's, not, there's no. nothing to talk about. Everybody's right. thankful. Because the call has to end at some point. Yeah. Who loses? Who loses in that end. scenario? Uh, oh, no. A short phone call. What a disaster. Said nobody ever. They loved, everybody loves short phone calls. It's great. Everybody wins. Yeah. Not, ev- not everybody. <laughs> well, how's, it, how's it rolling going with Russell? Russell, are you losing anything right now? Rolling going. Things are going really well. I actually had a question for you. We've talked a lot about like bartending style, going to the bar, how you do things. I had a question for you guys. If you go to the bar, you sit at the bar. Would you rather have a bartender that is social and fun to interact with or a bartender that makes better drinks? What's your choice? Better drinks. Better drinks. Better drinks? Who would? No, nobody wants to talk to a bartender ever. Forget about it. So I've had this thing recently where uh, a while back, the Star Tribune had an article about the best espresso martinis in Minneapolis. Oh, God, you're still on this shit. Just doing Russell fan service. The article after that was best bidets to buy when you're drinking espresso martini after espresso martini. Yes. So one of the bars they listed is a, as a restaurant in downtown called FEMA. It's kind of a nicer restaurant. I think it's relatively new, but I, I went in there once with a uh, martini drinker. We've sat down and we said, Hey, we came in here cause we noticed that, that the star tribune had made a note of it. And the head bartender was there. It was kind of quieter, but he came up and he started talking about, how he makes them, that the article was really cool. We kind of got in this discussion, um, but he was kind of a quieter guy or anything, not like super outgoing, but he made an amazing, amazing espresso martini. It just was really good, right? And he gave so, you enough information that you were still, yeah. you, like you went away happy. Yes, he gave, he he spoke to you and everything, That's but he didn't jackpot. overpower anything. He he just served the drinks. He asked Sweet if you spot. enjoyed them. Talked a little bit about it and whatever, and then it was done. Saying so, less is actually more, and that's something I often say. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody very smart said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Albert Einstein. So a while back then, we were like, we got to go get these again. It's, it's a fun spot. We want to drink these again. And we went in, and this was months ago, and we had a different bartender. This bartender was much more engaging, fun. He had like a, a, a glow-in-the-dark bow tie, just a fun person and everything. And we said, oh, we're going to do the espresso martini. And he goes, just so you know, I make them my own a different way. Because we kind of said, oh, we know you guys have the best ones. And he goes, I make them a different way. I'm just giving you a heads up. We're like, it shouldn't be okay. allowed. Okay, whatever. So he makes them different than the way that the Star Tribune no. has said they make the best oh, ones. No. Uh-uh. What do you think of that? that what is he doing? What is you, he? You, you don't get to just go rogue if it's the place's signature cocktail. Imagine, it's bullshit, isn't it? You go to yeah. McDonald's and you get tater tots, you'd be furious. I mean, this is you when you do something the best, you have to keep doing it like that forever and ever. And that's why this podcast is not stopping until we are at 500. So we've been back there probably three, four times. We've probably been there four times in the last, I don't know, six months or something like that. And occasionally we'll walk in and we'll see which bartenders are there. And we're like excited for the one bartender or we're devastated yep. for the other one. Yep. And and the last time we were sitting there and we were drinking, we we got one and the guy made him his way. And it's not a bad drink or anything. It's just not what you went, you go there for. Right. Yeah. And so at one point, one of the other bartenders came around, neither of the two that have served us before. And 
she kind of, we go, oh, we're going to get another espresso martini. And she goes, do you want to get him from the other guy? Like she knew, oh. she knew what was going on. <laughs> and we said, yes. And she's like, I'll go, I'll go talk to him. I'll get it. And so we're waiting. We get all excited. The bad bartender overpowered. He came back over no. the top again. And he's like, no. these are my customers. I'm making them my way. And like, even when we've said like, oh, we really like yours, but we like the way the other guy, he won't do it the other way. What? What do you Whoa. think? That's just crap, isn't it? You can't go back there anymore, man. That's a bummer. Russell, that's a disaster. I uh, and how many? There's only one FEMA in Minneapolis, right? Yes. On like Seventh and Hennepin. Yes. You know, kind of right around with the an corner. H, from, right? F H I M A. Yeah. You got it. Oh yeah. yeah. So downtown, right off him. And mean, so the the bartender is yeah. very engaging. He's very fun, but he's like gone out of his way. to not make a drink a certain way that See, people I would, want I mean, it ordered. Can't you like tell this dude finally? Like, is he a nice guy or is he kind of a d bag? I gotta watch what I say. Here. <laughs> okay, so he is, he is a nice guy, but I also think like, hey, if you take pride in like your work or something, yeah. and people are asking you to do it differently, some people might not enjoy that. I don't know. Very similar, but di- very different, but kind of similar. Like my, I think you guys know my barber. Has been in jail for the last two years. My barber for ten years. Have we talked about this? And so I've had to uh, find a new what? barber. No, we uh, have not talked about this. Your barber this. was in jail. No, we've is not this the guy you used to see? Is this the guy you used to see down in Seville? What? <laughs> That's a sapiosexual bit. It is barber. Uh, there's something there that I don't remember. The barber yeah, Seville. So, so, <laughs> yeah. You guys, so I am not barber, fucking so, any of you. <laughs> right. So I've talked about, right. Like go to a barber, go to like somebody who actually is a barber, not like some chick who just got their, oh. you know, Ugh, Matt, we know what a barber what? is. Tell us why he's in jail. That is what we are waiting for. <laughs> know why he's in jail. Ah, he got like a, you know, a couple D dubs or okay. something. He finally just, you know, had enough time to go to jail. I think, I think he he's finally, like, take I think a straight he got racer out. to someone or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so I was going to Dick's barber so in Richfield where Dick was there. Dick has been there since 1962 and I had like his last five years and a guy uh, bought it from him. Ugh. This is the guy. He had it for like 10 years. He's the one who went to jail. So then all of a sudden, no barber. I got to find a new barber. Right. And so the next logical shop around here is this place called Dick's Barber in Edina. Not completely said Dick's Sports Barber in Edina. 44th in France. If you know where that is, Russell, I mean, it's kind of down from 50th in France. A little bit bougie and to be going to a bar. It is, it is pretty bougie. There's like a snap fitness. and yeah. Are they you serving know, you like, like champagne while you're getting your hair cut there, Matt? Right. And so, no, this place Charmin has been there since the 60s, right? But they've got, eight, they've got eight barbers there. Eight barbers. So I start with the oldest guy. This guy, he is like, you're going to get a 10-minute haircut no matter what. In and out, ship, ship, Perfect. ship, boo, 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 go. Right? So I got it, I got it twice. Not my kind of style. So then I went to the another guy, next oldest one. He took 40 minutes, not my style. Went to the new guy. So I've, I've worked my way through like seven of the eight barbers. And I find, on the seventh one, I finally found my guy, Brooklyn. Great guy. Talks about fishing all the time, right? But, you know, it's, kind, it's very similar, right? So I go in and now I see all these guys who cut my hair and whether they remember me or not. But I walk right by them because I've gotten like two haircuts by each yep. of them. But I want my fucking haircut. How I want my fucking haircut, right? And so you should get your fucking espresso martini how you want your fucking espresso martini. Right. And so you should have full right to say like, hey, you know, hey, bud, you know, great, great talking to you, but I want that guy to make my martini. Right. And he shouldn't be butthurt about it or anything. Isn't it? What? 
it's kind of tough to sit at the bar after you do that, though, isn't it? Well, I mean, but then it isn't. As soon as you do, as soon as you just throw that out there, right? Like, you got to take that step to just say, hey, I'm going to get my espresso martini from that guy. I really like, you make yours different, great. I really like how he makes his. He makes his a little different than you. I like his. I'm going to get it. I'm paying $12 or whatever it is for this thing. Probably more than that. You know, I'm going to get it from the guy that I want to get it from. Matt, I don't know. Matt, this is a tour de force. That was your (laughs) smart comment of the week. Okay. That was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, that's Ooh, a smart, once smart you realize, shit. you know, like again, oh, you and I, yeah. Russ, we're both, we're both, what are we, walkers, not talkers, kind of a thing. You know, we'll walk out. But there's a few things like a, for me, it's a haircut, you know. And if it's if it's an espresso martini for you, right? Like, draw a couple lines in the sand and you, just see what happens. I appreciate you know? that, Matt, because when you say like, I'm definitely a walker when it comes to me this too. stuff. Like, I'm yeah. not mm-hmm. one to say like, I don't want your drink to a bartender. And I will say when I go out with a martini fan. At times, if we have a couple of them, people, including myself, tend to get louder, more um, boisterous about what they're looking for or whatever. And sometimes you can tell, like, we're over at the corner of the bar and it's the conversation is rising about what the fuck is this guy doing? Why didn't (laughs) the other guy bring us the espresso martini? And you kind of got to watch it because it's like, I don't want to be that person at the bar. And then they, and then yeah. you shush them because they're talking so loudly and they get mad at you and you say, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, we went to Hamilton last week. You can't be mad at me about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that bartender, the bartender cannot be, if you, especially if you're just a nice person, right? And you're a nice person, Russell, right? So if you're just like, hey, I like how he makes his espresso martinis. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get it from him. Like, what can he say? You know, if you're being nice about what it. What do you think, so, Rob, re- Aaron? Re- Report back next week. I would never in a million years do it. Matt's right, but I would never do it ever. I would sit there and the guy would be like, I piss in this glass and I throw it on your date's face. I'd be like, yeah, I guess that's our future now. This is what we do. I am a coward, Russell. I would order something different if it were. Yeah, I mean, and we do that. Like, like we, you know, there's one place where we go where it's like, oh, well, if Julia's working, we'll get a Negroni. If not, we'll get something else. Like, yeah, I, I would, I would not. Now, I, Matt, I love your advice. I would love to follow it better, but I, I'm probably more of a, a walker. Russell, it's got balls the size of grapefruits. You yep. have tried to get this past us. And don't think that this guy who is very smart, okay, and loves dating smart people, figured out something. You don't drink coffee, Russell. You are a noted non-coffee drinker, yet you are out hammering espresso martini after espresso <laughs> martini. Russell, this does not compute, Okay. I chat. I typed this into ChatGPT, and it just said WTF. Russell, explain yourself. You know what? I think some people. I'm not a coffee drinker, but espresso martinis. If some people add a little bit of sweetness to it, I really enjoy it. And I think that's what the one guy does. I don't know if it's Irish cream or whatever he adds in it that adds a little sweetness to love. it. Yeah. That so I know people that are coffee drinkers, and they like heavier espresso type flavored drinks, right? Like they want to make sure. It's got to be real espresso. It's got to be heavy on that. I like the sweeter one, but that's why the guy, the other guy makes it. He doesn't make it the way I want it made. But like I went to Edo, Russell, have you been to Edo before? No, it's on Washington and uh, what is the street? Charm, Charm is at home with their partner opening a AAA map right now. Being like, Washington. I love this shit. <laughs> Matt, could you give us a zip code too while we're at it? Jesus Christ. Five, five, one. Okay, I wasn't gonna play it again, but you're making five five four one five. It's getting close. Like it's right across from the from the depot. Okay, two point seven miles as the crow flies, I believe. So it's this fancy. It's a fancy, great place, right? But they they make pizzas, and so I'm like, oh, gotta try the pizza. It was 
horrible. I mean, oh, no. like I, I ate it, right? But like I it compared to everything else, compared to Lola, compared to you know, any everything else, it was just not a good pizza. How right? can you screw that and up? And I cannot wait until I have enough money where I can have four bites of that thing and then just order something else and not throw it away. I can save it for lunch the next day, but like if you're out for dinner. You want to have something that tastes good, right? And I think it's the same exact oh, I thing. Matt is cultivating his love to go out guy every night. He, this is great. We're getting I closer and closer to Matt eating out every dinner, day. But I will well, like, save I, it for but lunch. I, but I've I gotten it. to the point too, right? Like I've gotten to the point where I, for breakfast, I'm eating like nothing, right? Like I'll have like a bar knowing that I'm going out to dinner night. And then at lunch, I've got like just this nice, light, completely plain sandwich or maybe not even a sandwich, right? Knowing I'm going to go out and have a effing pizza. Right. And so you so build ready. that you whole want, thing want, up yeah, and then you go have a pizza and it's horrible. And you're like, God damn it. You know, yeah. like, come on. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I am very sensitive to your, your issue here, Russell. And I think you should at least just try to be nice to the guy once and say, Hey, you know, I want to try that guy's cause he's a little, cause if you tell him this is a little sweeter, he's going to know exactly what you're talking about and he'll get it. I think what has happened though, is his, he's come over the top on us at before. Like we've kind of mentioned the first time, like, Oh, could we have it made like, that way? And, and he was like, well, I make call. him this way. And he kind of gotta, just yeah. smacked us down. Does that make sense? Yeah, you got to you got to end that phone call though. You got to just oh, keep talking. Don't there. give him a crack, and then start talking a little louder and a little louder and a little louder, and don't give him a crack. Hey, hey Matt, there, Matt, so. I gotta yeah. get end this. Nope, rolling just keep going. Matt, just I'm don't let it go. Rolling. Don't let that person talk. Yeah, rolling, going, Matt. How's it going with you? <laughs> I ended that rolling, going. How's it going <laughs> with you? <laughs> you ended it really, really well. I forgot last week. I I've been trying to figure out like kind of a new song, new group to me more than anything over the next that, you know, that I've heard during the week. So I've got two of them this week. Two. Um, the two first time. one. Yeah. The first one's a song <laughs> called Heavy Bells by a group called J. Roddy Walston and the Business, which I think is a phenomenal name, name for a band. I love it. Oh, this video you know, rocks too. Look at these guys. Any, yeah. any person name with the, the someone after as the group is great. Right. So watch these guys. Oh, here we go. Like if our podcast was called Rob and the Olies, it would be a great podcast name. It's true. And actually, yeah, right. this this band is very pixie-ish, if you will. Like there's a bunch, there's a few songs on this pixie album that we're listening to. Yeah, I was that sound kind of like, like this band. And they look like the Kings. But of these guys, I was I was heart. I thought they were a new band. You know, I heard them on 89.3 The Current, and I heard them. So I'm like, oh yes, this is going to be great. This is exactly what I want to hear. Well, they were like uh, mid-2000s. They broke up in 2019 or oh, something like that. So they're no longer around, so I can't see them live. So it's too bad. Next band, I I, I texted Rosie well, I got a sneak, sneak preview of this thing. Holy and shit. I said, if you want to you go for a ride, Rosie, listen to this song. I think it's like thir- 18 minutes long. Yeah. You know, Just and this style. song, this is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Again, oh, another... Great name. Awesome name for a band. But they're Australian. They're in the psychedelic rock, kind of a jam bandy type thing. Is, but is listen, one of their band members that guy named Geezer from last week? I don't think Geezer so. Butler? <laughs> Geezer Butler. <laughs> Butler. <laughs> but like, this thing is an 18-minute song, and it is a wild ride, yeah, and I cannot fun. listen to it enough. And so I, everybody should go out and listen to King Wizard, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, they're they're kind of all over the place as a band. They've got some really soft, they kind of remind me of Pearl Jam a little bit. They got some really soft songs and they get into these really hard rock songs. And so those are my two new bands to me, anyways, for the week. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and then J. Roddy Walston and the Business. So 
That's my recommendations. Um, Can't go wrong with names like that. I have been, you know, I ran a marathon last year, kind of got hurt to my, my knee and my calf. You know, I think I overran a little bit. And so this year has been the year of taking classes for me. So I'm a member at Lifetime. Yep. And I've started taking all sorts of classes, right? I got a kettlebell class. I've got a, I've got a warrior sculpt class. I've been doing Whoa. yoga once a week with an Oli. Uh, for you, man. Kari, former basketball and uh, softball player from uh, St. Olaf. She's she's my yoga instructor. Great person. But I've gotten really did into this. Did you tell this... her about the podcast? I did not. I don't tell anybody about the podcast, <laughs> podcast Russell. Nobody. Oh, it's really good. Nobody whatsoever. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. Just, just, okay. yeah. just imagine going up to somebody and saying, hey, listen to my podcast. It's really good. And try not to laugh. Like, I couldn't even say it seriously there. Like, hey, it's really good. You can't It'll do it with your downward dog. I've got one motivate. There's I, twice, maybe even three times a week. I take something called amp cycle, which is essentially a spin class to like really. It's like dance music, right? And these yeah. teachers and it's all dance stuff. It's you're up and down, you're left and right, you know, and you're two up, two down, you know, square all this stuff. And essentially it's a dance class on a, on a bike. And my motivation guys is that one day, one day, all all of us on the on the text chain, all the Olies, everybody, is we're going to have a big dance party again sometime. And every time, the thing that gets me from like here, you know, takes me from a ten to an eleven, is it gets me really hitting on all those dance moves. Is the thought that one day we're all going to be on the dance floor again? You, you want to? And it's going to be for a very it. special occasion. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm getting prepared for it. I'm getting prepared for we that. We should dance. all be getting prepared for that. We should all be thinking about the type of occasion where that could happen. Mm-hmm. I know we can get it. Yeah. We should all be working on this. And so I've been working on my moves and I, th- and I'm, and I'm getting ready. I mean, there's some, we've got some pretty it's, good dancers. It's, it's so weird, man, because I've been, I was working on my dance moves. I don't know, six to nine months ago. Cause I was convinced <laughs> it was going to happen over last summer. You did? Yeah, I really was, wow. but. Okay. Still, still, was still more time to perfect them. My kids you're said, the only, you're sure you're the only one. My kids are like, oh, you're talking about how fun that is. It hasn't happened yet, Papa. And I'm like, no. It so, hasn't. I don't know. I mean, I think I think we need to maybe on the text chain figure out how we can all get maybe mm-hmm. it's going to a cabin. I don't know. It doesn't really sound all that exciting, you know, and just having there a must dance. Be something we can we do. gotta figure out some way to do it. Who will be the hero? Who will save us? Who will save yeah. us? Who's, who's gonna who, save who us? Who's gonna bring us all together? To have an event to so bring we us have all that together. Epic party. Dance party. Everybody could show off. The, I mean, because you know we've we've got some we've got, we got some, some pretty good yeah, dancers in our group. True. So. And we all good. get to sit in the limo, and it's not a big deal, and it's actually not cool if <laughs> oh, we do a Oh, there's gonna joke. be a limo at this. Oh, part? Okay, yeah. Well, you know, like I like this. I, I like yeah, yeah, this. Limo. There's gonna be and a limo. We all get to sit in the back this time because we're older and we can actually afford bigger limos now. Oh God, <laughs> that's the other thing. Remember all those all air conditioning like, all the way through. If, the if you think of typical. Typical times we do that, we're, we're at weddings, you know, back in the day and everybody. Oh, that's a great just, idea. Yeah, that's you know, a good so, yeah, yeah, God, mm. that's, that's pretty good. So, okay, guys, I'll marry my sex doll. <laughs> <laughs> Roberta. Would you go, would you go to that wedding dance, Matt, if Rob invited you? If, it, if, if I got Roberta, invited, sex if I, you know what? I think I went to 42 weddings in three years. Oh, and I have, no I've been way. to like one every three years now over the last, you know, kind of a deal. I would go to, if Rob was marrying a sex doll, hell yeah, I'd be at that wedding. I'd go to any wedding these days if I got invited. I'm going to put the uh, intercom one on there. I'm going to put a bunch of uh, reverb on this so it sounds like it's a wedding announcer. Everybody, please uh, welcome Rob and Roberta out for their first dance on the dance floor. (laughs) 
He's playing his own instrument again. I'll be stroking. He's playing all the instruments. That's what I've been doing. I'll be stroking. Hey, uh, the reason I have to dance with her in an office chair is that she weighs almost 350 pounds. Now, you might wonder, how do all of us know that sex dolls are extremely heavy? That's a weird, that's a weird thing to answer, isn't it? My real doll is very heavy. That's my favorite part when you watch like those HBO shows where those guys were like fucking their real dolls. They were always so heavy. They, they would what show HBO? the guys. What, are you, what the what? fuck are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. Listen, there's a show on HBO called Real Sex, and they would always show like people dressed Listen. up as horses, and like it was, it was like nudity, but they were like weird nudes. So it was like tough. It was like a challenge mode. It was kind of like hmm, this is an old person nudist society, but I guess I could jerk it to this. Um, and one of them was, and one of them was, they showed uh, the people that had sex dolls and they were like, talk about their sex dolls. And it was like, you know, there was like relationships and it was sweet. And then they would have to move these things and they have to like put a full grab on them. And then they go, Ooh, they have to lift them because they're so heavy. That's why they're always like, you, you don't, you never see them like moving them around. They, Rob, is this your work computer again? Are you Googling this? How much does this real sex doll weigh? Okay. How much does a real doll weigh? Let's look. Oh, God. Now we're on the doll. Uh, let's see. They range from 90 pounds to 120 pounds. Oh, jeez. Guess what? 120 pounds. Of Too much for me. Three. Like a dead weight? 101 pounds. You have of fun. misread about Rebecca. She's a body four, which is the lightest, not the heaviest. I see. You may be thinking. All right. Hey, Rob, could you convert that to kilograms for me, please? We're looking yeah. up what Rebecca Real Doll looks like right now. Okay. I feel dirty. Just, Rebecca Four. Rebecca will point. Oh, and I feel oh Aaron, are you kink shaming right now? Is that what you're doing? No, you kink nope, I would never. Nope. I would okay. never. That's like pretty real. <laughs> well, the that name of it is real. The name of it is oh, Real Doll. No, we got oh. Rob. We're done. Well, no, this is out, Rob. We're done. Huh? We're done with this. This is the X Rebecca 1.0. They haven't even come out with 2.0 yet. Rob, we're Rob. Okay. X out. Okay. We're done. <laughs> Save bookmark. Rob, roll it going. I was going with you. <laughs> Listen, I get a. That's I get, the first time we ever had to scold Rob and tell him no more. I think it's the first time in like 200 episodes. <laughs> if, if Rob and Roberta the, the sex doll did have like a wedding album of all their photos, would some of those photos been in the album or no? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. The boudoir shots of your bride, your beautiful bride. Guys, I'm would telling your you. Family be in like family pictures for that one, Rob, or no? Yeah. Oh, are you with the bride or the groom? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sex doll getting wheeled down. There's like 180 people on one side of the church and the other side is just fucking empty. Yeah. So there are a couple of recycle bins from out back. Yeah. The woman from Mannequin comes in and goes, I don't know where to sit. Depends. <laughs> Mannequin 2 on the move. Uh, listen, I sit down. My calendar pops up, Russell. And all of a sudden, I notice the date. Uh, April 20, well, I won't say the date, but it's April. I'm just going to tell you guys, April 20th, okay? That is the Thursday before this episode comes out. Interesting. It is a birthday haver person's birthday on that Interesting. day. Oh. Okay. Oh, birthday birthday haver. I happen to know that somebody who's a common birthday haver has their birthday. And I just want to know, Russell, if you were sure. with somebody who's having a birthday, how do you even start that plan? What are you thinking? 
Well, uh, there's a birthday haver that I know, and this birthday haver tries to claim a, a, a birthday month. I think people oh. who claim a oh, birthday wow. month are full of shit. That's my impression. <laughs> what do you guys think of people who claim a birthday month for a whole month? A whole month? Yeah, I mean, so, go for it. You only get one birthday so what is it? But what does a birthday month mean? That you have to like, do you have a cake every day? Oh my God. Do you have a cake every day? I... Oh. Huh. Russell's I like, I've saying. eaten a cake every day, but I, she was furious because it was the bees <laughs> in the fridge. Russell's shoulders just shrunk like four inches. Just, he I will just cakes. say He's that had people that cakes. celebrate birthday months no. may claim it's their birthday month at a, at a restaurant, restaurant. And for, for, for dessert. No, oh. Russell. Oh, no. Russell. Something hey, don't like we get a, a free espresso problem. martini from that guy for our birthday? I don't I don't think they do it all the time, but if it's close, they claim it. I think if it's within a week, they claim it. What do you think of that? I mean, if it's within a week, I think that's all right. I think it's probably all right if you're going out to celebrate your birthday with people, even if it's on a different day, right? I like that, yeah. So, so do you, let me ask you now. So do you have a list? Do you have like a list of ideas for birthdays or how do you even go about planning such a big, cause this is like, you're like the date master. I think of you as the ultimate date master. You're doing dates. You're good at dates. You still care about impressing people with dates. Okay. What are you doing for a birthday date? How do you even start that to make that decision? Well, Rob, sometimes it helps when um, a person's birthday might happen to fall on a work trip you're taking so they can come and join you on a fun trip in a new cool city that, it just happens to coincide with a work trip that I'm taking. Oh, wow. So, so I think celebrating someone's birthday, like on a trip is a fun thing, right? Yeah. And so yeah, this is a professional birthday celebrator. So you've scheduled some dinners and stuff. You've really put the time into planning this birthday date. We put this on pause for about 15 minutes. <laughs> like Google. <laughs> birthday dates in Pierre, South Dakota, question mark. Keep in mind, this, oh, <laughs> I, you know, Pierre has a really nice VFW. It's right on the river. It might not be very nice right Shut now. Up. It does. I've been there. You've been to the VFW in Pierre, South Dakota? Have you ever Dakota? been to a bad VFW? Here's my question. Yeah. Have you ever been to a bad right VFW? Right off 212 on no, the corner of no, 16th no. Avenue. VFWs right. are always fun. Cheap burgers, cheap beer. It might surprise you. You know how you really get some respect out of VFW? Stealing Valor. You walk in there or have somebody wheel you in oh, in your oh full God. Navy whites. <laughs> have somebody wheel you in there. Hey, if you're going to steal Valor, <laughs> steal all the Valor. Oh, you know what I mean? God. Just get it. <laughs> There's a loud noise. You stand up. Huh? I want to remind you guys that this is Rob's rolling going. Rob took his rolling going to grill Russell about a birthday. Have his birthday. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering. I, cause I never think in time to like, I have a list of gifts for people. That's how I keep track of what I'm going to get them for like Christmas. Because otherwise, if I think about it, like before their birthday, before Christmas, I'm never going to remember. So I'm just wondering, what do you do, Aaron? Do you keep track of birthday stuff somehow? Like ideas uh, for gifts no. or are you just a in nice my head, guy? but I should, I should write it down like you do. No, I, I, I never end up doing it as early as I want to, but yeah. I, I do. Okay. Eventually. But yeah. Aaron's wife is like, why do I have so many Homemade coupons for samurai swimming lessons. This doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> I don't want these. He gives them to me every year. I hate this. I believe I believe at one point for a birthday gift in the past, I did get Alanis Morissette tickets. We've talked wow. about whether That's concert tickets are, are a good gift or not, but I, I, I thought that was a Christmas done. present. Wasn't that a Christmas present? Matt, th that was, those were tickets I chose not to get for the boss or the chili peppers because they were too expensive. Oh. And by the way, it was a good decision Star Tribune had an article saying the Red Hot Chili Peppers sucked 
and yep. U.S. Bank Stadium because the acoustics are terrible there. Mm. Yep. Good decision. Ice nice. cold. Check and check. Yep. The reporter is like, I saved some money. I got second level seats. Don't do it. <laughs> you should sit on the side by the speakers or whatever. Listen, let's get into the album. Hey, we're talking music. Thank God. Oh, some nice guitar work on this one. Wrong one. It, I put, it might not be John Frusciante level, but it's good. Let's talk about the album. It's Chili Peppers guitarist. Yeah, I, was, I knew you were talking about it. It's back. Oh, hey, you mean Dave Navarro? gone for a while, right? Wait, no, who was the... Didn't they have a, another guitarist for a while? Yeah, they did have Dave Navarro. You're right. Yes. Ah, ha, ha. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Red Hot Minute. <laughs> I had that album. Hmm. Uh, all right, let's get into it. We are... Dave Navarro was always a weird dude. Like, he was always on, like, MTV because, like, I think he was married to Carmen Electra. Yeah. yeah. And he was part of these bands, and I don't think the bands were all that famous. Like, if, he was more famous for being with Carmen Electra than he was a, a guitar player, right? He did also host a tattoo reality show that was like, it was like Top Chef for Tattoo Artists, which was a terrible show, but I watched a lot but, of it. Guys, he, this is the guitarist for Jane's Addiction. Let's not talk slander yeah. here. I mean, this we, we yeah. cannot mess around. Dave Navarro is a good guitarist. And they they I just opened you. up, Jane's Addiction just opened up for Smashing Pumpkins last their last tour. Dave Navarro wasn't with the band, which is too bad. But Jane's Addiction... They wail. They're awesome. Oh, no. So, yeah. It's, it, I mean, yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. Um, and probably a lot of the Pixies coming into their stuff. So, yeah. Dave Navarro, rock, rock and, guitar legend. And but most podcast well hosts would take that segue and effortlessly, with no problem whatsoever, just start talking about the album smooth, knowing that we are staying up late, knowing that we don't want to waste time. However, I'm going to go back and just say, if I told you Dave Navarro got into a cocoon, and came yeah. out and was Guy Fieri. You would kind of maybe think that's a possibility, right? They're kind of similar vibes, don't you think? Like Dave, like Guy Fieri is a similar vibe to Dave Navarro. Am I right? They both have kind are of you talking? think of like flame shirts. Right. No. Are you, are you are you are you sure you know who you're talking about? This this is great. Like when I, you should probably like, Google Dave Navarro really quick. This is like probably. when I used to get the baseball players Troy O'Leary and Rusty Greer confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, is this that, <laughs> that bad? Very similar vibes. There's Dave Navarro. Okay, now let's look. Guy Fury. Huh? Visual joke. <laughs> huh? What the f- Go back and <laughs> forth? Close. Yeah, they're kind of close. Okay, now like, what if I told you that Dave Navarro actually was Jessica 1.0? Now, give me a second to Google this again. No, you're not all allowed right. to pull that up again. <laughs> it's in your bookmarks. You're all right. Let's talk about the Don't Pixies. Now, a great, host would also, a great host would also edit the episode and make himself actually look funny and take some of that stuff out. Now, <laughs> we are talking about uh, Doolittle by the Pixies. I, I got to start by saying... Do you guys, what do you guys think of the Pixies? To me, the Pixies were always the band. I don't know anything about them, never listened to them, but they're always the band that when people said they liked them, I thought this person knows music. They are smart. Thoughts? I don't know the Pixies. I don't know Pixies at all. I bought their album Surfer Rosa because I had There Is My Mind on it because I yeah. heard that in you Fight should, Club. You should play that real <laughs> yeah. quick, Rob, just while we're talking about <laughs> or it. Or Where Is about My Mind. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. That's probably the only. Like real hits song. that they've got. But, you know, I doing a lot of the reading of the background, you know, you always heard about Pavement and Pixies and some of these other bands. Talking Heads was in there and The Who and Who the, you know, Nirvanas and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Pearl Jams and Soundgardens of the World, Smashing Pumpkins, all 
they, they were that's who they listened to while they were kind of coming up. And so I knew the Pixies listened to them a little bit only because they essentially were like grunge before grunge was grunge. That make an alternative rock. Your favorite band's favorite band kind of a deal. Yeah, that yeah. kind of a thing. So that's the only reason I listened to them a little bit. Uh, another band people link to the Pixies a lot is Nirvana. And a big part of it is the silent to loud dynamic we're going to hear throughout this album where mm. they really play with that, that noise. Yep. Aaron? Matt, Matt said Nirvana. Ah, I was looking at the video. I was trying to do fading. I'm sorry, Aaron. I'm trying to produce the show. Okay. Do you think no, producing the show? Your head on the ground. Do you think producing the show is just trying to find emojis that would go on this sound clip? <laughs> Matt, are you noticing how people take feedback? This is why I don't tell the bartender about this press <laughs> emergency. He'd so be like, I'm sorry, Russ. I'm trying to serve drinks. Yeah. By the way, earlier I cut off the song God Save the Queen. I will never do that again. I'm going to vow to you right now. We will always listen to that song all the way through when talking about America. Um, so the, this band was formed by the guitarist Joey Santiago and the songwriter Black Francis, and they met in Boston at Massachusetts Amherst. They then put an ad in the paper said, listen, we're looking for a bass player who has to like Peter, Paul, and Mary and Husker Du. And a woman oh, showed wild. up. You know where Husker oh, Du is That's from? the Minneapolis connection. There we go. Yeah. I've always thought of the pick of Pixies as Minneapolisly creative. The, the bass player, the Oscar one do. person showed Oscar up to that one person showed up to that ad without a bass because they did not play the bass and has never played the bass, but they liked the guy's song, so they said, "Sure, you're in the band." This person, uh, the bass player, invited her sister, Kim Deal, invited her sister, who was a drummer, but she didn't. She only liked Kim's songs and not the Pixie songs or not Pixie songs, and then she became the drummer of the Breeders. So the bass player of this band and the drummer of the Breeders are sisters, which is a great fact. Okay, you can use that on a first date if you want. The last, the last song fact I used on my date was uh, the one about the kid from Who's the Boss was the guy who played the flute in The Chronic. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Did not, it did not work. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know what, Russell? She must not have been a sapiosexual, sapiosexual. enough for her. If she... Rob, that was my test. If a sapiosexual heard you say that, she would say, we're dining, dashing, and dicking out in your car because you just turned me on with that fact. <laughs> that's like, that's Guy Fieri's HBO real sex show. <laughs> dining, dashing, and dicking. <laughs> hey, here, folks. We're at this restaurant. We're going to dine. Uh-oh. Your guy, Guy, forgot his wallet. Okay, we're going to head out to the car where Jessica 1.0 is waiting in the back seat where I can hop in, give her a quick deep dicking. Now, you know, I, now I don't, I, and I know you guys are annoyed with me. I know that. <laughs> but really, that's what Hulk Hogan did. He dined, dashed over to his friend's place to deep dick his wife. Oh, bro. You want to know why it happened? Come try my kicking Bronco sauce, brother. Rob, the reason it happened, the guy said, the love sponge said, the Hulkster had been feeling down recently and he didn't want Hulk to feel bad. So he asked his wife. Oh, poor Hulkster. To deep dick. Oh. So, so he knew about what, it. Tell you what, brother. Somebody hasn't been taking their vitamins. I feel bad right now. All those Hulkamaniacs out there. I'm not feeling good. Hey, Hulkster. Uh, I've always wanted to see my wife fuck a hot dog with hair stapled to it. But you'll do. Do you want to deep dick my wife? <laughs> hey, I wonder what would, it would look like if a mahogany mop or mahogany corn broom with the finest baby doll hair. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who looks like a sex doll. Hulk Hogan looks like a sex doll. You're telling me he doesn't have doll hair? His hair is so fine. No one's telling you anything about Hulk Hogan. His hair is light as air. You're the only one telling anyone about Hulk Hogan. 
Rob, if you could get a Hulk Hogan sex doll, do you think it'd weigh a legit 303 pounds? Or, hey, or would it be whatever you lighter? think? Would it have 24 you inch you Google it quick. Oh. See, if you, see if you can get one. Oh. See if you can get one. I never. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was a sapiosexual. I uh, inserted a fleshlight into that wrestling backyard slamming doll or whatever. Now I can fuck Hulk Hogan, brother. The shoe's on the brother. other foot, brother. Now I'm deep dicking you. So anyways, go back. Now try to follow that joke because it was a lot. There's a lot there and it all started with Dave Navarro. So very smart stuff. Uh, so now at, this is the album where their second album signed with Electra. Surfer Rosa had gone kind of big in the in the UK, but this one was huge. It got all the way up to eight in the UK, only uh, 98 in the US. And let's get into Doolittle. Debaser. Debaser. That's like Family Man Barrett. He was Debaser. Thank you. So this song is about the short film Un Chien Andalus, The Baser. No, that's the next sentence. This is about the short film Un Chien Andalus. The Baser features many of their signature motifs. But do you know what that movie was about, that French movie? That's the one where famously they had a razor blade on an eye, and it was making you think about, like, what is film? Yes. So this album starts with... A song basically about cutting your eye. And then guess what the last song of the album is, Aaron? Gouge Away. It's also about eye trauma. This album is oh. my number two fear of all time, which is, of course, getting my eyes hurt. I think about it yeah. every time I blow up a balloon. I blow up a balloon. It pops. I have a patch. People ask me, why do you wear a patch for the rest of your life? And what do I have to say? From blowing up a balloon? Terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Did I tell you I thought I, I, thought I had an eye injury from my... Uh inflatables out in the, in the front yard. Oh, wait, wait, <laughs> Matt, you've been keeping a lot of good stuff. Man, what the fuck? You had an eye injury from your inflatables. Dumb ass me. And now it freaks me out every time I do it. So this is this year. So I'm trying it, it's it snowed. I'm trying to get all the inflatables out of the yard. And so I'm trying to pull all of the stakes up, right? That I can. Mm-hmm. So of course I did the thing where you lean over and I'm pulling up as it goes, and the thing comes out of the ground, hits me right square, like right above, like the top of my eye, oh. inside the socket. And I thought, I, I, and I, there was a legit hour where I thought I was going to be blind because of a inflatable Christmas inflatable stake. But I'll tell you what, man. The eye, so. If you're going to go blind by anything, to go blind by a yard inflatable, that'd be it. I'll tell you what, that's fucking America, man. So what a way to I go have out. your, that I have some, your fear. Yeah. That is suburban dad power, right oh, there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that people in the neighborhood would talk about that forever. Right. Bury me with my new extension cords I just bought. They're so nice. And my one to three extenders. Oh my god, you got one oh. to three extenders? <laughs> You're giving me a one to three. You extender. got your one prong, and then you got oh, your three, three. So you oh, got your man. three that it's got to come into. You right? know, so. Matt. Tell me how you wrap your hose on the side of your house. I gotta know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rob, if, if you if you pass away, would you get a funeral plot with your your inflatable wife? Would she have like a plot next? First to you of or all, no? I want to I want to point out in the sex doll community, saying she's inflatable is actually super insulting. These are oh. anywhere from ninety to one hundred and twenty pound dolls. Okay, oh. so they are not inflatables; they're actually quite heavy. Sorry, Aaron. I didn't mean to put the quarter back in the machine. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take it out once it's in. I'm sorry. I can't help it. You think I would have a burial plot next for Jessica 1.0? I'd probably sell her on Facebook Marketplace. All right, Tame. Hips, like 
You guys don't like that joke? I don't get it. I'm listening to the music. I'm enjoying Kim Deal's bass work. So unlike most pop songs, which are 16 beats, this is just a three-bar progression, which kind of throws you off a little bit. Hey, I can hear that. This is the song that reminded me of uh, J. Roddy Walsh. For sure. Yeah. yeah. He said he wrote the song about college girls in town that he thought were obnoxious. And I got to tell you guys, I met some teens who were big guys, curly hair, boisterous and loud. And hey. they were so fucking annoying. I could not stand them. I was like, this is terrible. This is the worst. Okay. What, what, what are those things that, so Rob saw those guys. Do you have things mad or Aaron, when you see someone, you're like, oh, this is me. And now I don't like it. It's like, for me, if I see annoying people at a blackjack table, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm the annoying guy at a blackjack table. Like, that's the one where I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm that fucking guy I don't sometimes agree. and I don't like it. What you guys ever see someone and you're like, man, I don't like that. And it's something I do. Well, I well, I used I used to be that guy who would like wear like the, the baseball like shoes and like wear the hat and the glasses and just be like the baseball guy, like, you know, walking around in high school, high school kind of a thing. Like now I see that guy. I'm like, you know what? you know, sports really just figure out, have, have fun doing something else. Right. Like I was so into baseball and then basketball and football. And I wish, I just wish I would have done something like with a guitar or drums Join or something, band. something else, you know what I mean? And so I was so one dimensional that I just want to tell some of those guys that, but that's one thing I thought of right away. I'm going to go back in time real quick. And we're going to see Matt in high school. Hey, real quick. Hey, hey, Mrs. Smith, I'm done with my Richfield, my Richfield geography test. Could I read my East Bay catalog? <laughs> Not hey, far off. This is neater lucky. Yeah, neater lucky. Ball practice. You know I can't right. remember the names or anything you guys say. All <laughs> right. I saw this lucky on Tuesday. Wave of mutilation. <laughs> Wave. Some people think this song's a lot like the song Sea of Love. It's got the same chord progression. I just hear like '90s alt pop. I don't know what you yeah. call this, but like to me, a lot of these songs could be in like an American Pie movie or something like yes. that. Yes, yes. Every one of them sounds like it could be over the opening credits of a Freddie Prinze Jr. movie. Yes. There were some songs that made me want to skip. Now this is a 38-minute album. It's like 18 songs. The songs are incredibly short. I there were a that. few where I was like, I cannot hear him scream anymore. I can't fucking take it. There, there was a point I was listening to it earlier too, Rob, and I was trying to read something while it and. I, it was about song eight or whatever. I'm like, I'd rather just sit here in silence and I had to turn it yep. off. I'm not saying it's not good and I didn't enjoy but, it, but there was, it, it drained me a bit. But then I hear these songs like Wave of Mutilation and they're so good. They're so catchy. I'm like, I totally get it. This is great. A lot of these songs actually gave me like anxiety. Like I was listening to them in my headphones and it kind of freaked me out. I bleed. This was, this was the one that reminded me of Nirvana the most. Yeah. This is a lot about the the singer was a had studied a little bit of archaeology in Arizona, so they think this song or he said this song is about the uh, cave dwelling and the, the Pueblo cave dwellings where you can go in and see like this whole city and handprints on the wall and everything. It's pretty cool. I've been there. I've seen that. Okay, smart, totally smart stuff. I just want to bring up quickly that the you know this came out in 1989, right? It was written in 1988. The some of the top albums according to Wikipedia's. Uh, list here from 1989. Okay. Got some Don't Be Cruel there. by Bobby Brown. 
Oh. Uh, Appetite for Destruction came out in 1989. It was the number one album wow. for a little while. That blows my mind. Uh, um, like a Prayer by Madonna. I'm trying yes. to think of some of the hair metal ones that come. Doctor Feel Good by Motley Crue Ooh. came out. It was like you know, so they are squarely in the called the end of the hair metal. You know, kind of into the well, Guns and Roses and hair metal. Is it oh. Russell? You don't really call that hair. Do you? It's, I think so. Yes, I definitely okay. think so. I think they're on the tail end of yeah, it. Hair. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, um, and so, you know, so th- those are what this is going up again. I mean, this is completely alternative rock compared to, yeah. you know, what was the mainstream rock at the time. That's such a good comparison. That's such a good comparison, yeah, man, to see what else is 20 playing. Minutes. Also, Truth and Soul by Fishbone came out around the same time. Man, it's a great album. Man, ignore what Aaron just said. Listen, don't listen to him. That was brilliant, Aaron. Listen to Fishbone. It's good. Girl, you like, know it's true by Millie Vanilli also oh, came out. I mean, man, that, that sums it up right there, right? You're listening to Millie Vanilli or Bobby Brown or Guns N' Roses or this. Like, locked After Dark by Tone Locked. Locked, locked After Dark. After by Tone dark. Hey, this yeah. is me, Tone Loke. I'm going to be in a bunch <laughs> of movies, including Pet Detective. Okay, it's very distracting when I'm in there because all you can think of is that's Tone Loke. Uh, here comes your man. This sounds like a, a song. Nice song. This is the first single off the album, I believe. Sounds like it's in that but Tom Hanks like, movie. so pleasant, right? It's like, it's I, wonderful. It sounded like a Beatles opening with the guitar strum that it feels like a Roy Orbison song. Right. Or like the band from That Thing You Do. Yeah. This is great. I love this. Yeah, but you, but, so this, this, this reminds me of Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam and... Not so much Nirvana, but like all of those, those both those bands had these really hard rock songs, and then they'll just go completely like off the yep. script and do something very poppy and you know light. And so I don't know. That's where I think they have some influence. Boy, like, they sure. allowed if if, if I'm allowed to say that they allowed them to not just be like one genre of a band. Yeah, you know, you can you can spread your wings and do different kinds of music. You know who I think listened to that song is Liz Fair. That sounds a lot like Liz Fair to me. Big yeah. time. Well, I forgot about Liz Fair. We didn't listen. Geez, that was a long time ago. People online did also say that this is the most accessible Pixies album. So I don't know, like from here, if it gets, if it, it's more of the yelling and screaming or what. Or accessible song. Did they say that was the most accessible song? I think song? so. I mean, that's like yeah. pure pop right there. Dead. You know who else's favorite song was Here Comes Your Man? Who's that? Rob's sex doll wife. Here comes your man. Oh. <laughs> uh, I turned down the music to hear the joke. Rob's sex doll wife. <laughs> the, the only thing I'll say is that the uh, here comes your man. They called it the the group called it their Tom Petty song, which makes complete. Oh, sense. I like that. Oh, that's nice. You know, this, this is one this. where. Well, now it's cool again. Dang it! It kind of it kind of gets back in the groove there, but I can't, some of these songs like. I, I got to be careful because I'm not trying to be critical, but it just sounds like noise to me. I, it's not pleasant or enjoyable to me. And those songs kind of throw the whole album off. The, the clip Rob is playing, it's like, it, it's hard for me to get through that song. Hey, Russ, what if I tell you that song is about the bi- famous biblical story about David and the seduction of Bethesda? Bathsheba? Aaron, you're so smart. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm attracted to you. Hey, listen, I don't have much money, but we should go eat. And then I got a good idea for later. All right. Monkey Gone to Heaven. It's an environmental song. I had an embarrassing moment, though. I I talk like I know a lot about music. I went to the A's opener. I had a a wine with me that was called 
Monkey Gone to Heaven. The name of the wine was Monkey Gone to Heaven. I was like, here's a fun name of a wine. It's like a little gamay slammer. And this friend of mine was like, oh, don't you know that song? I was like, I, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And this was before I had heard the, listened to this album. And I totally looked like a, like a poser because I didn't know the name of the song, Monkey Gone to Heaven. Did he say he's catching up on the podcast when you mentioned later that you have a music podcast? Uh, he, no, he did not, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mr. Greaves. Hope everything is all right. This was a big old skip for me. So this this sounds, you know, you you talked about in your opening that they were, uh, you know, they all met at Amherst. This Mm -hmm. just sounds like a college song to me, right? (laughs) Like they wrote in college kind of a thing. And so it got me thinking. Russ is like, oh, it's the limestone. That's a college song. It's the limestone, yeah. So it got me thinking that they're... Obviously, a ton of bands got formed, right? By in college, and then people come together and form these bands. But I've I've had this for a long time. There's like kind of like this little node up in the northeast of a few different bands that were formed up in like co- white privileged colleges in the northeast that have come out and done pretty well with themselves. So I thought we could potentially do a list. Ooh. About white oh, privilege yeah. colleges and the bands that have come out of them. Oh, nice. Wow. Northeast. Wow. But only the so you're not gonna do Cosa. So I'm not I'm not gonna do I, I wanted to I wanted to try to figure out how I could get Hootie and the Blowfish in there. Oh, nice. Just so we can hear more Hootie because you know, uh cracked review mirror, whatever, that's gotta be number five oh one on the list because it's not on the top one hundred list for some Why? reason. But where did they go to college? Why didn't that work out? Uh, they went to South Carolina. So uh, doesn't work. Northeast. Yeah. East. Yeah, we should look at it. So first first on the list, uh, Steely Dan. And I there's a couple of these that we've already heard, but the album any of the albums that any of the songs from the albums that we've had already, I did not take a song oh. from there. So these are new to the past. Nice. I got a little bit better with this one, Russell. I got some yes. background and I tried to think about it a little bit. So I love it. The first one I got is uh Reeling in the Years by Steely Dan. They went to Bard College. Uh, Asia was number 63 on the list. This is on Can't Buy uh, at a Thrill is uh, 168. So we'll be coming up on this album here pretty soon. What college did they go to? They went to Bard College. So Don't have a cow, man. Don't have a They met in 1967. Uh, as Fagan passed by a cafe, the Red Balloon, he heard Becker practicing the electric guitar. In an interview, Fagan recounted that the experience, I hear this guy practicing, and it sounded very professional and contemporary. It sounded like, you know, like uh, something I would really like. He introduced himself to Becker and asked, do you want to be in a band? And that's how Steely Dan was formed. You know what's weird, Matt, is you know what their second question was? Hey, should we name the band band after vibrators? After a vibrator (laughs) in a book, some weird book. The guy was like, "Uh, yeah. Oh, my God, that's our first, that's our album. I just wrote a profile in the LA Times by Jeff Weiss of uh, underrated Compton rapper Sugar Free. Uh, and Sugar Free was talking about his musical education as a kid. And he was like, My dad always listened to music. And it was all like, My dad would come home and play music from the car. And it was Al Green, Steely Dan, and Parliament Funkadelic. Those were the three things wow. that were crazy. I yeah. mean, what, a, what an education. All right. The next band I can't stand, but <laughs> they're extremely popular. Everybody likes them. They're from the Northeast. So Fish was formed at the University of Vermont. And I've got a couple clips here. And the first one, 
is why I really and dislike this I've been rolling down the street, smoking indoors, <laughs> sipping on gin and Legit, juice. Russell, can I tell you something that's sick? Legit, huh. that song comes on and Jenny goes, this is one of my favorite songs. See, and I was like, my fish. world's... But it's, that's not fish. I know, it's yeah. the gourd. the funny part. But the song comes on our Alexa now. It's on our favorite music. Yeah. And she goes, I love this song. And I was like, oh my God, my worlds are colliding. This is so strange. Winamp, Winamp said it was fish. I know, Winamp I thought it was fish it was for the fish. longest. I know. Yeah. Play this. This is why I do not like fruit. Just listen to this. Turn it up a little bit. It sounds a little bit like they might be giants. Yeah, oh my god! Toes here. Why you have to get me? Very familiar. All right, so this is like one. This is I, I took a live version of this song, and I forget the name of the song. Reba, maybe is something like that, and so. It's a, it ends up being like a 14-minute song. And this is their jam, the second part of it here. And you play the jam while I read what I wrote down about Fish. So Fish was formed at the University of Vermont in 1983 by guitarist Trey and Jeff. I'm not going to read the last names. And the bassist and the drummer. Anastasio and Fishman had met in October after Anastasio overheard Fishman playing drums in his dormitory room and asked him, hey, you want to be? You want to jam with me? So then, Gordon met the trio shortly after having answered a want ad for a bass guitar that Anastasio had posted around the university. So literally, they just four dudes hanging out at University of Vermont. Now they're fish, and they're this worldwide. Matt, how cool phenomenon. would it have been if you had played a little more guitar in high school, and you would have answered like an ad from Aaron saying he was starting oh, a band and needed a guitar player. So how great would have been, been added? Like, so, you know, we, we've had this life. debate, right? Would you rather be a pro athlete or a professional, you know, like a successful musician? And I'm absolutely in the successful musician category now as, as opposed to being a professional athlete. Imagine you come into your dorm freshman year and there's a fucking drum set in there. Your roommate is playing the drums in a dorm room. Get me the Crazy. fuck out of there. Could not take. I don't care if that guy's going to become the drummer and fish. Goodbye. Don't need it. And then you get moved. You get moved into another dorm room and your second roommate's got a ferret. Get me the fuck out of there. All the way out. And you go to a third dorm room and it's Jessica 1.0 with a Guy Fieri mask on. What? This Crazy. is this is the room for me. If I remember correctly, Aaron can fix me. Someone may have gotten a blow up doll for one of our friends for their 18th birthday. I think it was just a flashlight, but and maybe there was a okay. full man. No, no, I think you're right. I think it might have been a full doll. No, I think you're right. I think it might have been a full no, doll. No, I think you're right. Yeah. It, but it was an inflatable, not a, yeah. a real one. Like Rockstar, Unclear whether you know? it was ever used for its intended purpose. Inflatable doll's gift, hilarious. Flashlight is gift, not hilarious. Very strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ha, 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 ha. Listen, you're not ha, ha when you're jacking off with that thing later. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that orgasm is unironic. <laughs> Unironical. Don't you think? Um, next, next band. This is the one that I thought of in particular. MGMT is one of my favorite bands. I saw them live at First Ave with Nick from Minneapolis. Had a great time. First Ave is such a good spot to see any band because there's enough people there to make it a crowd, but you can get close enough to like feel like you're close to the band. So. Uh, MGMT, go ahead and hit play, Rob. Uh, ben Goldwasser and Andrew Van Weigarden formed the band while attending Wesleyan University uh, during their freshman year. We weren't trying to start a band, remarked Goldwasser. We were just hanging out and showing each other music that we liked. Uh, they named the Talking Heads, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Oh, indeed, we've heard of them. And uh, those artists were definitely in the blood. They experimented with noise, rock, electronica before. 
settling on uh, what the Spin Magazine called their current brand of shape-shifting psychedelic pop. So, great did band. You, did you know? Listen to them all the time. Now, Matt, did you know that Aaron is going to join MGMT, but you know what it's called now? <laughs> Middle MGMT. Middle. <laughs> Middle MGMT. Very nice. Next group, Vampire Weekend. I did oh, not yes. know the history of these guys, but the band members met while enrolled at Columbia University, beginning with a rap collaboration between Koenig and Thompson named La Home Run. And La Home is probably some writer, isn't it, or something? So let's give a bunch of smart kids again. They bonded over shared love of punk music and African music. And I can't believe that Vampire Weekend, what we hear, came out of a rap group who liked punk rock and African music. But this little poppy, you know, group has put out some pretty good albums over the years, including their latest one. I'll, and I'll remember the Vampire Weekend, it was on one episode before, way back in our Abbey Road episode. Oh, they wow. were the number one song for the best song featuring a harpsichord. Jeez. My God, featuring a Welcome harpsichord. Back. Welcome back to a list. We did a harpsichord list, and the number one was Vampire Weekend. I would have you lost. Want to a- hear the top five? Yes, please. It was Eminem, the real Slim Shady, <laughs> the Black Keys, Too Afraid to Love You, mm-hmm. the Stranglers, Golden Brown, and the Doors, Love Me Two Times. Oh my God, such a wow. like, when I think of the harpsichord, wow. that's what I think of for sure. That's it. Yeah. Now, Matt, what was that last song called? Holiday. I was wondering because they they had a whole part. I'm going to edit this into the uh, Madonna album as well. They had a whole part of the song about the macadamia nut cookies and the the blue Gatorade about how good it is there. Like it's what at the holiday holiday. holiday. <laughs> or is that a quick trip? If I've been out of Minnesota too long, I'm mixed up. <laughs> Still got a lot of holidays. You are correct, sir. They do it at gas station with better. Rob, I did I did go into a holiday today. Yep. You're tempted by those rolling tornadoes, aren't you? Those meat tornado things they have. What, two people in line. There's two checkout people. One person Uh-oh. was in line buying lottery tickets, scratching at this thing. Yeah. Oh, the so other person was busy flipping through their phone for like five minutes, trying to find their code for like their points. Oh, so they could get points for their. No. 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 And Russell's there holding Ugh. like the hottest mini pizza. He's like, oh, if, so I, if I was holding a, a sex doll in there, I would have been the third most least annoying person <laughs> in, in that building. <laughs> so, what do you want, sweetie? Do you want the M&M cookies or the macadamia nut ones? All right. Last band. Uh, we've heard them before. So we've got um, Talking Heads. We heard Talking Heads remain in the light at number 39. This song called Take Me to the River, you guys have all probably heard it, comes off the album More Songs About Buildings and Food, which is number 364 on the list. We will hear this song again. In 1973, they were at the Rhode Island School of Design, where David Byrne and Chris France formed a band, The The Artistics. Fellow student Tina Weymouth, Fran's girlfriend, Often provided transportation. The artistics dissolved the following year, and the three moved to New York, eventually sharing a communal loft. After they were unable to find a bassist, Weymouth took the role. Franz encouraged Weymouth to learn to play bass by listening to Susie Quattro albums. Don't know Susie Quattro. Have you ever heard of Susie Quattro? Uh, Bryn asked Weymouth to audition three times before she ended up joining the band. So 
Long, long way to come to being what is the Talking Heads, but they originally started at the Rhode Island School of Design. Interesting. You know who else was in there? You know who else was in their dorm room? There was a, a certain fish on the. What the Aaron. fuck, Aaron? <laughs> he just takes his glass. What the <laughs> fuck? You stepped Aaron, on my show. listen to you this time. At least he learned you. <laughs> you well, asked. For the most part, that was a really good list, man. Until it was actually <laughs> ruined at the end. <laughs> so we got Bard. We've got University of oh, Vermont, yeah. of Vermont, Wesleyan, Columbia, and Rhode Island School of Design. So a lot of nice white bands coming out of the Northeast. I was going to tell at least a three-minute story about Billy Bass learning the lyrics being afraid, coming out on stage, and you just said a, a Billy Bass. You didn't even say a fit. Oh, my God. You I'm said, do you rich. know? I knew. <sighs> you're right. You know what, Aaron? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You caught me in logic. <laughs> All right. Next up. What, what, what did we do? Oh, that was Monkey Gun to Heaven. Mr. No. Mr. Greaves? Mr. Greaves, right? Yeah. Next up, Crackety Jones. Crackety this Jones. was a song that they said would often cause moshes at their concerts. Do you guys ever mosh? Huh? Like a little bit, but not really. I did a slam by Onyx growing up, but that wasn't really mosh. That was slam. You were just letting your boys be boys. <laughs> I get it. Uh I, I don't know. Moshing always scared me, though. I never wanted to mosh. Is that scary. the is that the fastest song we've heard on of any song we've listened to so far? Like maybe Metallica's, Metallica's got something close, that fast. But but go back and play that. That's so fast. What's what's the faster song we've heard? I bet there's a Sex Pistol one. You think? But when it gets going, it's it's fast. Let's see. Yeah, this is moving. Yeah, definitely. I don't think this fast. This is only you know what? Speaking of a fucking mosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking hit people. Said never me. Lala, love you. They said that, that they need to make a silly song. Is this the one with the whistle, creepy whistling? I think so. It, oh, yeah, shake your butt. Yeah, this is this is a weird song. It's a this is this song doesn't fly anymore, does it? When you listen to what's going on? Probably not. If well, if you don't think it's close. right, if you don't think it's right, Russell, I don't think it's right. Yeah, if you have to guess, if you have to ask, it's probably not right. Number 13, baby. Now you might say to yourself, number 13, is this Aaron's as he calls them grunts that have to do all the work for him at the office? No. This is a song about the 13th letter of the alphabet. Aaron, what's the 13th letter of the alphabet? L? Aaron, I no longer want to have sex with you. Matt's right. It's an M. Oh, okay. It's an M. On the, and he did on the forehead, YMCA style. This is a song about Mary Jane. Okay? And not oh. the Mary Jane that's dead that you're dancing with, even though you also look like a corpse. Speaking of Tom Petty, this is the Mary Jane marijuana. You remember when we earlier on that, the, the monkey's gone to heaven? Is that is that in a lot of other songs? Because I recognize in a different song. Do you guys know what it is? What? No. I think it's Firewater Burn. Go pull up Firewater Burn by the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, my God. Yes, this, it, we're finally it doing it. We're finally that. having the Bloodhound Gang on the podcast. There we go. There. Right here. You got it. Image takes a lot of practice. I'm not black like Barry White. No, I am white like Frank Black is. So yeah, Frank, we're talking about Frank Black. And the devil is sixth, and that must make me 
Didn't know about Pixie songs? You know about Pixie songs and relating to the Bloodhound Gang, Russell. That's why I you're like, in I know that. I was we like, finally maybe, got the Bloodhound Gang on the maybe podcast. it's famous from a ton of songs. And I was like, no, it's it's famous no, from it. the Pixies. And he even shouts out Frank Black, Black Francis. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. Somebody from Billboard said, "Is the world ready or in need of a new act, miming ground broken by the Beastie Boys and Ugly Kid Joe?" A number of years ago, probably not. But here comes the Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> Ugly Kid Joe. Wow. Best part yeah. of that was definitely the uh, the radio version where they donkey uh, yeehaw, right? Uh, yeah. Oh my God! You guys are we all way know that one so well. You guys are Bloodhound Gang gang heads. I didn't even know that was the Bloodhound Gang. That's how embarrassed I was. I, the only song of theirs I know is a yeah. is Chasey Lane. It's about the adult actress. Never mind. Let's not get into why I know that song. Okay, there goes my gun. <laughs> Great song, by the way. They basically made a pop song with three lines. We don't have that many other, like I was thinking, uh, we don't have that many other mixed gender bands like uh, Fleetwood Mac. But definitely not, like, we don't hear this sound where we hear men and women's voices either singing together or trading off that often. Fuji's were another mixed gender band. Portishead. Hey, this is their most popular song. Or one of their more popular songs. You. And they say it's one of their few R and B songs. It's got a groove. Yeah, kind of that walking bass. And then of course they have to say whores like thirty times. I was like, this is stressing me out. Uh, Silver. I think at this point the album I just started all the songs. I was like, I don't, I don't want to pick any more places. Let's just go. It's a lot of songs. It's they're all short though. Yeah. Yeah. Did Rob? Did you talk about why they're shorter at the beginning? I might no. have missed it. Did you? Did you read that though? No. Is it? Is it because it doesn't matter how big it is? Actually, a lot of people say that. Maybe in public. No, I was reading that that the producer or someone was telling them they should make shorter songs, and they said, you know what? All of Buddy Holly's songs were short, and he played Buddy Holly's music. And they're like, if it's good enough for Buddy Holly, it's good enough for us. Oh, that's great. Brilliant story. Gouge away. Gouge away. Another eye injury song. I thought this was a pretty strong finish. I thought it was yeah. a good song to end on. I agree, it works. I think, and this was silver back to back with this one is like a fun summary of what they were doing. You, you, you do have to keep in mind, right? We're talking what 1989 here. 89. Like written in '88, released. If you would say this is 1994, I'd say, oh yeah, that makes total sense. But 1989, this is an early, 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 and that's why. But does this belong at 141 on the list? That's why we need to start talking about. Yes. Nope, not that one. We need to do our rating system. Don't say yes. This one doesn't have an emoji at all, does it, Rob? No, I couldn't think of an emoji for rating system. Maybe I'll put a bone. That's what I'll do. Right now, but it put a bone on there. Yeah, I spelled it wrong. Don't judge me. Bury the bone. bone. You can put the legal scales on there. Oh my God, you're frozen. You're so, for that. you're so smart. Uh, what do you think? This album, okay? The Pixies, Do Little. Does it do little for you? You don't think this is very good? 
me. It just comes to me sometimes. It, you don't think it's very good. This is a rolling groan. You did not like listening to this. Or did this do okay for you? Yes, I'm nailing it again. This is a rolling well-toned. It is a perfect album. Or is this a do not little? Now, you thought I was going to say do more because you'd be like, oh, Rob is going to say more, most more. And I said not little. That means it's a lot. Okay. If some people, if they say it's not little, that's actually a great compliment. And that would be a rolling bone that should have been higher on the list. Okay. Speaking of do little, it should have been higher on the list. Okay. This was album is above 141. Okay. Madonna who? This album should be above it. What do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone or rolling groan? Matt, the Madonna who question was rhetorical because of course she does not have a last name. So something to think about. Um, I really like this album and I really like the Pixies. I think I'm going to kind of steal a little bit of Russell's take here is that there's not really a, a song, you know, on this, on this album, right? Like, and I think that even in the top 250, let's say, like, if you're going to have a top 250 album, you should have some songs that everybody knows. In my opinion, there's going to be some that don't hit. Um, I think that this album is very influential. But I don't think it belongs at 140, uh, 141 on this list. So if you were to tell me this is in like the high 200s, low 300s, I might say it's rolling well-toned right there. But I'm going to go with rolling groaned at 141. Should be down the list a little bit. Definitely should be in the top 500, but it's a little too high of a ranking. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? I enjoyed some of the guitar stuff on here. I thought it was pretty dynamic. They were kind of playing with like volumes and stuff. You know, they'd speed it up, slow it down, get loud, make it softer. Uh, for me, it's just not something that really connects with me. And Matt, Matt said, you know, this is kind of in our time of, you know, being kids. It's a little bit, you know, before our teenage years. But if I don't know the songs and there's not like big hit for me, it's probably not something I'm going to come back and listen to. So I think it's really interesting. Music is probably very influential but it really does little for me. So I'm going to say it's rolling uh-huh. groan. It's too high on the list. Rosie, what do you think? Do little pixies 89. What do you think? Yeah, I put this on last time when I was watching basketball and it was actually really great for that. I was watching the Clippers and the sun. I thought it worked really well. And so I was like, I don't know, man, I, I kind of, I kind of like this. And then, uh, wow. That yeah. was a pull. <laughs> And then the more I think about it, I'm back in that same spot where I'm like, we haven't heard Willie Nelson, we haven't heard Whitney Houston, we haven't heard Ohio players, Nina Simone. So I just, I don't know. I think, I think that they, they made some great music on this album. I think they didn't necessarily want it to be pleasant to listen to. And a lot of people took a lot of great stuff from it, but I might have to call it Rolling Grown also. That speech was wild with Round Ball Rock playing in the background of it. I just got to say, it was Enjoyed it. totally separate tones. I loved it. Listen, unfortunately, you are all incorrect. Of course, Again. this gets a rolling pre-smashing pump cones. Okay. Oh, I mean, cones. this that whole idea of alternative music. Matt said it more eloquently than me, but... This whole, this, again, we we had it with, um, oh, we had it the other day with Black Sabbath talking about how they invented metal. This you yeah. could point to as a definite branch in the tree that is alternative music. Like this is a hugely important album and that's why it gets a rolling pre-smashing pump cones. That's the first time I've said my bit twice and I regret it. Big mistake. Should not do that anymore. It's not that funny the first time. Depressing the second time. Pre-smashing live pump. Live and learn. You can live and learn. Pre-smashing pump cones. Okay. Thought the rule of three would come in and help me out there. It did not. Okay. If anything, Try it's- Try the rule of four. Pre-smashing <laughs> pump cones. Say it again. <laughs> 
Okay. Rule of four. Don't think that's a thing. <laughs> Just I, th- I think it was like, a, it's almost like a Nike swoosh, right? Yeah. Like you started and then it went way down and you're kind of slowly coming back. All up. right. That's you're what I like to hear. Back, that's what know? I like More to hear. You say it. So next up, finally, we have an album where I can sing about the two papers I wrote on adult films. It was porn in two essays. <laughs> Born in the USA by the boss. Aaron might need like three weeks off from this podcast after tonight. What? He can't see what he saw earlier on that website you had pulled up. Yeah, that one. Did he book for Beck did it better. You better have a joke because I got one, but you're going to have to edit it out. <laughs> does it does it involve a, a sex doll and my king gizzard and my lizard wizard? <laughs> you nailed it. It's time to say <laughs> You can read my mind. Goodbye. After the ceremony, you take her out for some dining, dashing, and deep dicking, right, Rob? Oh, my God. <laughs> you put a triangle emoji over the triangle. Oh, side. that's great. <laughs> Good work. Oh, my God. (laughs) 